0: Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. So a a couple weeks ago, I shared uh, just my honest feelings, uh, personal personal concerns about what I perceived as a casual approach to the body of Christ, um, and, and that certainly uh, that certainly isn't everyone. You can't, you never. Anytime you say everyone or always or anything like that or never, I don't. Uh, you know, you're making a mistake. But um, it, it, it it does feel like a culture of our church that I've helped create. And I, I, yeah, I, I don't know what to do, but I've thought things can continue like that. Um, last week, we looked at the Bible and Jesus's words to see if he had anything to say about this kind of casualness. And it turns out that he does, surprise. Um, ultimately, he says that we need to remember the height from which we've fallen and then do the things you did it first. Um, so yeah, if you, if you didn't hear that message, like I said, love for you to, love for you to hear that. Because um, I think it 's important to where we 're at as a church family, and what, what we need to think about. Um, we need to seek him, I need to seek him. Uh, we need to seek him first, and I want us to do that together. Um, it, and maybe it would be easy for you and your family to seek him on your own um, and that 's great, but it 's not just not just you, not just your family, we need to seek him together. What does the Lord want for, for us? What does the Lord want for us? When I find myself in a, in a stage of my life where I'm approaching my most important relationships casually or more casually than I would like to, um, I try and think, how did I get here? How did, how did I end up in this place where I'm approaching this relationship that if you asked me, I would say, oh, this, this relationship is super important to me. Um, but it, how did I get to this place where I'm, I'm approaching it casually? Uh, what happened in my heart to get me there? And unfortunately, as, as you know, heart, your heart is difficult to read. Um, you think that you know why you do the things you do, but it's, often we don't. Um, we need to seek him. We need to ask him. We need to ask him. 2,600 years ago, a man named Jeremiah wrote some words about human hearts. And I, you know, when, I, when I say that out loud, what, what, would, a, what would a man who lived 2,600 years ago know about my heart? Well, it turns out a whole lot. Um, this is what he says. This is what he says. Jeremiah says this about my heart. He says, the heart is more deceitful than any, any else, than all else and desperately sick. Who can understand it? The heart is more deceitful than, it, than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? And what this says to me is if I, I try to understand my heart on my own, I'm going to get myself into trouble because um, my heart's a liar. And it looks, to get, it looks to get what it wants to have at nearly any expense. And it always causes, it always is drawing me towards casualness or comfort um, or ease. And, and who can understand? I can't understand this, this thing that, I, that I'm drawn to, this comfort that I'm drawn to. Why? Um, and if, if someone could tell us how to understand it, though, it might be easier to fix it. So often when Jesus was on earth, and there was something difficult to understand, he would tell a story in order to help us understand it. He would say, okay, here's something that's really difficult to understand. Let me tell you a story that might get you closer to what I mean. So on one occasion, he says this. He says, a farmer went out to sow seed. Um, he was, and as he was scattering the seeds, some fell all along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. Um, it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the, the, the plants were scorched because, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Let them hear. And this is and this is a Jesus. This is a story that Jesus tells about hearts. Um, and we'll talk about that in just a second. So often, um, after Jesus tells a story, he often, you know, at the last three years of Jesus' life, often when he tells a story, he would he would say this. He'd say this phrase: "Whoever has ears, let them hear." Which is a, is a strange phrase. It's a strange phrase to say when when he would say when he would say that. He's actually quoting a preacher from the first half of the Bible named Isaiah. Um, so Isaiah's section where Jesus is quoting from sounds like this. He says. That people will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Um <clears throat> When I was growing up, when I was growing up um, it, it, my mom's probably watching, she can, she can confirm this for you. When I was growing up, often um, people in my family who would not listen were called hard-headed. Um, never me, but sometimes people in my family would be called that. When Jesus would end a story in his last three years of his life, when he's ending a story, he, he would often end it by saying, come on, don't be hard-headed. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Here, open up your ears so you can hear what I'm asking of you. Don't assume that you've heard this story before. Don't assume that you already know what I mean. Don't be hard-headed because it's dangerous. It's super dangerous. And your heart is lying to you because you haven't heard it all. And you don't, you don't know what, I'm, what I mean. One of the things that my wife super loves is when she starts a sentence and then I finish it for her. I say, well, what you really mean is she loves that. What Jesus is saying here is don't assume that you know what I'm talking about. Don't assume that you already know what I'm going to say. Don't assume you've already heard this story. You know the meaning of it. Don't assume. Don't be hard headed. Lean in. Lean in. So let's lean in. Let's lean into what, what he, he has to say. Jesus tells this story about four different states of our heart. And he uses seeds to tell us, tell us about it, to tell it. The hard thing to understand is our hearts. And he uses things that we understand. He uses seeds to help us understand it. So first, he mentions some seeds that fall along the path. Um, and, and birds came and, and ate it up. So... Uh, who- when the seeds fall on the path, it represents a heart who hears what God has to say, but, but, but won't understand it. So sometimes when I'm interacting with people, um, this happens with, with, with those of you guys that I know here, when I'm interacting with people who are specialists or they specialize um, in, in some field of, of study or what, whatever their, their job is, engineers, doctors, mathematicians, carpenters, whatever, often when you talk to me about what you do, um, it's easy for me to get lost. It's easy for me to be like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm embarrassed. So I, I won't say, I won't say out loud, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so when I hear Jesus talk about seeds that fall on the path and people who don't understand, um, you know, I, I think, well, you can't fault them for not understanding. Um, that's not what he means. That's not what he means. It's more than you just don't, you know, you don't get it. It's that you don't want to get it. It's that you don't want to get it. Um, it's like when you're in an argument with someone and um, they're trying to explain to you their point of view, but you don't, you know, you don't want to understand their point of view. You're, just, you're on the edge of your seat so you can do your thing again. Um, it's, it's, it's like that. You're quite happy with your own point of view. So once when Jesus was teaching a huge, huge group of people like 10,000 people um he does this miracle where he uh he takes five loaves of bread and two fish and he 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 feeds everyone which is impossible right a little bit later Jesus comes to his disciples walking on water so they're one of the the disciples are on a boat in the middle of the in the middle of a lake and Jesus comes to them walking on the water And they were completely astounded because they had not understood about the loaves. Instead, their hearts were hardened. Jesus walks on water and they're astounded, which that seems normal, right? Why why shouldn't I be astounded when I see Jesus coming, walking on the water? That seems a pretty astonishing thing. Some versions of the Bible translate it this way. They saw, the disciples saw Jesus walking on the water and they couldn't believe it for they had not considered the matter of the lows because their hearts were hardened. So when Jesus made food out of nothing, he, he was saying, don't you, don't you get it? Every need that you have, I can do it. Don't you get it? I'm the door. I'm the truth. I'm the life. I'm the bread of life. Don't you see what this is? This isn't just me feeding you. This is, this is more than that. Don't you understand what I can do? But apparently they wouldn't let their minds even consider Jesus for who he actually was because their hearts were hard. All they could see was food. Food. In the story of the seas, Jesus is saying, I'm telling you what the kingdom of God is like, but you won't consider it. You won't consider it. You 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 won't listen. You don't understand because you won't understand. Um, and maybe it's because you think you already know, or maybe because you think you already, or maybe because you don't really care. You already heard the story. Maybe you think that you know where I'm going with this. But this, that is, that is hard headed and hard hearted and like, like seeds landing on the sidewalk. And, and here's this is, this is the scary part. This is where he ends it with this is the scary part that I think is really, really interesting. He says, when you act like that, When I lay out the message, it's landing on sidewalk. It's landing on the sidewalk. The devil comes and he takes it away. The devil comes along and takes away that message. The heart's number one. The heart's number one the kind of hearts that, that Jesus is describing. Second, Jesus describes another kind of heart by talking about the kind of seeds that fall on the rocky path and don't have a lot of soil, so they spring up quick. But when the sun comes out, it withers because it has no root. Uh, Jesus plainly says that these, heart, these, you know, these are hearts of people who um, hear the word and at once receive it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. People who wear the word, receive it with joy, but since they have no root, um, they last only a short time. Uh, doesn't, doesn't this describe American Christianity? Like, we, we come to, to worship service or we watch things online um, and we, we want to we wanna hear something enjoyable or like or that you, that we're super into. And we, we hear it, but it only lasts for a, a short time. Like, we, we don't do much with what we the kingdom message. We don't do anything with it. We like it, but we get tired. Um, And Jesus says, it's it's a root problem. It's a root problem. Jesus says, the sun comes out, it represents difficulty. And when the difficulty and persecutions and trials come, when those things come, hearts wither because they don't have any roots. So in the Bible, Jeremiah, again, described these hearts even more. He says this, cursed is the person who trusts humans who makes flesh and blood his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. And then he contrasts that with this. He says, but blessed is the person who trusts the Lord. The Lord will be his confidence. He will be like a tree that's that's planted by by water. It sends its roots down into a stream. It will not be afraid in the heat of summer. Its leaves will turn green. It will not be anxious during droughts. It will not stop producing fruit. Uh, the fruit of obedience that doesn't depend on what happens when you are obedient or the fruit of love and joy that d- that's not dependent on the circumstances in order for it to appear. Um, the, the, the person who trusts the Lord has these kinds of roots. I trust you, Jesus, so I'm going to execute what you say regardless of the, of the, of the results. When we do that, when we bet on him, and we've talked about this, and we've talked about this the last few weeks, when we, when we bet on him, we trust him more, and our roots are going down. I don't lose faith when challenging things happen. And my love for Christ uh, increases. It doesn't grow cold when things are difficult. When I read this, I can't help but question how the pandemic has affected my faith. And the problem may be I need deeper roots, right? Greater trust and Christ and his word. Because often I know what he wants me to do and I'm all amped up to do it, but I can't execute when things get challenging. When things get challenging, I want to be like, okay, I give up, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. When it doesn't feel good anymore, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. A greater trust of Christ and his word third heart that Jesus explains. Jesus explains that there's a kind of soil, um, there's a kind of seed that falls on soil that's full of thorns and the thorns grow up and choke out uh, the good. So Jesus explains that these, these seeds um, and hearts are, are hearts that, are, uh, that hear the word but the worries of life and the seedful pleasures of riches choke the word so that um, it can't produce anything. Um, so uh, there's a point um, in, in many of our lives uh, where we invested uh, in our relationship with Christ, we invested in, in seeing the body of Christ become all that she could. But as our faith grew, so did our worries. So imagine that Jesus tells a story where a person plants seed and, it's, uh, and all, all the good, all the good, all the good uh, plants are coming up. And somebody comes during the night and plants weeds. And so they all start coming up together. Imagine when your faith, when your, when your faith begins, it starts to come up, but at the same time it starts to come up, worries, worries about life, pursuing comfort, they start to grow right along with our faith. And Jesus says that these things make it so that we can't take the word of God seriously because um, we don't have the margin to, to apply what it says. We're far too exhausted to put our faith into practice. And so we don't make disciples. We don't read the word. We don't spend time praying. We don't invest in relationships that can glorify Christ. We we don't do that. It's not because we don't want to. It's because we physically cannot because we don't have the bandwidth. That is what it means when he's talking about. The worries of life. They simply put the squeeze on us. The squeeze squeezes living out of life. We don't, we don't have time to soak in life and deep relationships with Christ and His people. We're always running around trying to get to the next thing. We don't have any financial margin or time margin. And we're worried about everything except for eternal things. And Jesus says, that is choking the life out of you. That is choking the life out of you. Jesus once told um, a story that many Jesus followers call the, 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 the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, the story goes like this. A Jewish guy is walking down the road um, from, from, from Jerusalem to Jericho. And on his way to the city called Jericho, these guys come out and rob him, beat him nearly to death. And they, they, they take his money. They leave him, leave him for dead. When they leave him for dead, they walk away soon. A Jewish priest walking down the same road came upon the wounded man. Seeing him from a distance, the priest crossed to the other side of the road and walked right past him, not turning to help him one bit. Later, a religious man, a Levite, came walking down the same road and likewise crossed to the other side to pass by the wounded man without stopping to help him. So when I read this, when I read this this. Story before, when I think about this story before I've always assumed that the, that the Levite, the religious person and the, the priest don't help because they're really bad people. There's awful people. Who wouldn't help if there's somebody But what if that's not it at all? What if the reason they don't help is because they don't have any margin? Like What if if the reason they don't help is because they're too busy, too scheduled up with lives in in their lives so they have have the reason to walk by them in this situation, they don't have time or energy to get involved. Like, isn't that, when when I'm interacting with people, often I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want to get involved in this. I don't know if I want to get involved in this. I'm, I'm up to my neck already. And the question is, if we don't have margin in our lives and if the worries of life and the pledges of getting more stuff choke out our spiritual lives, could we become the same kind of people? Because in that moment, they become people they wouldn't want to be. They don't want to be. Last, uh, Jesus talks about the kind of heart that seed, seed falls on good soil, good ground um, and produces all kinds of fruit. 30, 60, 100 times what was planted. So Jesus says this. This is the person who hears the word, considers it, and asks the question, how do I make this real? What can I actually do? What can I cut out? How can I die to this so that I can live for this? What can I do? to make this real. I'm in a different place. Jesus describes these kinds of seeds like this. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified very truly. And this is all whenever you listen, again, if you're reading the word, which you should please, when you're reading the word, when Jesus starts off with very truly or something like that, that means, listen, God, lean in very truly. I tell you, this is super important. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. And while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. These hearts have, have accepted the idea that in order to find joy in this life, is allow your ambition for yourself to die. And isn't it interesting that Jesus refers to death as being glorified? It's Jesus' death that causes the dignity and worth of Christ to be brought to full fruition so that we, we clearly see, oh, that's, that's what I want to be like. That's who we want to live up to. That's, it's his death that makes it so compelling that we're like, I want to live up to that. It's a spotlight on his greatness. Why should it be any different for us? Why should it be any different to our, for us? Dying to your preferences, dying to your plans, dying to you know, how you think things should go, dying to your right to have the last word, dying to, have, to your right to have your way. Um, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't, you will never be as fruitful in God's kingdom as he wants you to be, Right? I, I, I'm, I'm pretty convinced when I when I read the, the the story of the seeds, the parable of the seeds, that Jesus every every any of the any of the any of the ones that examples he gives, I'm like that's me. I can find myself in any of the any every area that Jesus describes. When you think about your love for Christ and His Church. Maybe your love for, the, for, for, for that has grown cold because you've been hurt and you've got bad blood. Maybe your love is grown cold because you know, you're done listening. You've heard the story. Maybe your love for the body of Christ has grown cold because you need deeper roots. Or maybe your love for, for, for Christ and his church has grown cold because the cares of this life have exhausted you. And you don't have any bandwidth for anything else. And if that's you, I get it. I'm with you. What I want for us to do today is accept the message from Christ's story of the parable of the seeds and be willing to do something about it. Be willing to say, okay, I see myself here. What do you want me to do, Lord. I see myself in this, this aspect of the story. How do you want it changed? Next week, we're going to look at Psalm 23 together. I've been asking our, our congregation, our church family, to look at Psalm 23. Um, and I'd, love for you, I'd, I'd love for you to look for it look at it each, each day. Um, I pray that you have. Some folks were messaging me this week saying that they were reading it in different versions. Um, so they, 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 they did that so they could get different aspects of what it means or what you're he's, what he's, what he's being called to. And I've, I've got some ideas about what I think it's calling us to. And, what it, and honestly, I, I think it's great. I think it's great. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing that if we're willing to commit to, um, it will give you peace. Would you read it? Would you read it? Would you meditate on it? Um, if you're bored of reading it, would you memorize it? I know some of you guys get bored quickly. Memorize it then, take that up to the next level. <clears throat> then, in a couple of weeks, we're going to spend some time singing about it. Um, like uh, Chris hinted at, we're going to be singing about uh, Psalm 23, meditating on how we get through trouble. Um, Whenever any of us go through something challenging, we need time to process uh, what's happened. Uh, We need help processing often. I I want us to process this together. Um, It's amazing how much we can use God's word in that. So today um, we're going to take communion together. Uh, I'd love for you to consider which heart am I? Which which one of the seeds, you know, just pick one of them. When in Matthew 13, if you've not, never read that, you can love for you to read that. Matthew 13 is where Jesus tells the parable of the seeds. Decide with Christ, which heart am I? Who, who, are you talking about me, Jesus? And what do I need to do about it? Let's seek the Lord together for our church and ask him to give us a heart for him and his body. Um, let's pray together. Dear Father, uh, when you tell the, the, the parable of the seeds, is most definitely um, speaking to me. I, I see where I think I already know it all. I think I already know what to do. And you try, you try to speak to me, you try to give me a message, and I won't hear it. And the devil comes and takes away that message. And I'm so sorry. I don't want that happening anymore. I know that there often you'll give me a command you'll give me something to do and when you first tell me I'm super amped up to do it but when things get hard I want to I just want to fade away and you say that that's because I don't have enough root I don't have enough trust in you and I pray that you would help me to trust you more, to bet on you uh, so that I won't give up. I pray for uh, those of us who have allowed the worries and cares of this life to grow right up along with our faith so that they are just as big and just as strong as our faith. And honestly, they can, our worries can boss our faith around. I pray against that. Um, I pray that you'd come and cut down the worries and the pursuit of other things and then help us pursue you. And then for those of us in our church family um, who've got good soil in their hearts, I pray that they would rise up. pray that they would rise up to, to help lead us, lead us into a place where more of us can be like them, that we could imitate them as as they imitate you, um, and we we understand part of what that means is that we have to die to ourselves. If a, if a seed gets, if a seed doesn't get planted, then it can't become the thirty and sixty and hundred times what it was. But if it dies, if it goes into the ground and dies, then it becomes that. I pray that for our lives, that's what would happen that we would be willing to let that happen so that you, uh, you'd glorify us in a way that we can't imagine. Be with us as we, uh, we, we spend this specific time taking communion, thinking about that. Narrow down for us our first steps. In Jesus' name, Amen.